Filmed in Canada is a fabulous podcast about Canadian movies. You can go to our website to view previous episodes and check out our written content at www.filmedincanada.net. And you can email us with your thoughts at filmedincanada at gmail.com. Or tweet at us. We are at Filmed in Canada. It's spelled D U H at the end. And you can also check out our Facebook group at Filmed in Canada Podcast. I'm William, and uh, over there is Alexander. Good to see you again, Alexander. It's been a while since we had a chat about movies. Yeah, about a month and a half or so. At least that, yeah. Yeah. All right. You're looking good. Thank you, sir. How are you looking? Uh, I'm looking haggard, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well, you're very kind. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, let me, let me say, let me ask you, what's the time? Uh, 6.29 no, p.m. You say zero hour. Oh, zero hour. You're supposed to say rock the house. <laughs> uh, how much patience? Oh, none. Yeah. Okay, all right. So this is a movie we watched recently, is it? Yes. Okay, <laughs> but you don't remember the title song. Zero patience. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just, uh, yeah, so that was like the... The, the call and response in the uh, right. title song. Right, right, right. No, no. We're talking about Zero Patience. Yes. Like you said, a, a movie from 1993. 93 or 94? 93. Mm, I wrote down 93, yep. according to IMDb. Cool. Give or take a year, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it, was, it, it, was, it exists as a thing that was um, in development before that. So whenever the movie came out. Yes. Uh, that's when it came out. Uh, the director, writer-director is John Grayson, based in Toronto, born in Nelson, B.C., um, who uh, works a lot in short films and documentary and television. Uh, he's also very politically active. So if you uh, check out his uh, bio on the internets, uh, you find that he, um, he's very outspoken about uh, what he believes in. Uh, the cast includes John Robinson, Normand Photo. Diane Hetherington and Ricardo Keynes Douglas. Uh, it is uh, now. I think I. I'm not. I didn't see it on the DVD box that we had, but uh, I thought those posters were. It was. It was tagged with the line a a gay fantasia on AIDS or something like that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, that no. sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it is a a gay fantasia on AIDS. Yeah, it's a musical about yes. uh, AIDS, which yes. um, starring uh, the long dead Sir Richard Francis Burton as a taxidermist at the Toronto Natural Natural History Museum. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you? So I suggested we review this movie. Had you heard about it before, or did you know anything of the history I, I that it's had trying to no talk about? No insight into it. Yeah. All right. So, Judging by the description, it was like, holy fuck, like, I want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it opens with uh, some text on the screen that talks about um, like, what the inspiration is. And, and that was uh, in, um, in the 80s during the, uh, the AIDS scare or crisis or whatever you want to, uh, however you want to describe it. Yeah. Um, that um, an urban myth developed where uh, one person was, I guess, 
blamed for being patient zero, um, that he was uh, the primary carrier primary carrier who brought AIDS to North America. Right. And it was a, a male flight attendant for Air Canada. Yes. Um, his name was Gaetan Dugas. Uh, there was also a book by Randy Schultz, uh, published in 1987, called And the Band Played On, which, um, which talked about uh, uh, AIDS research at that time and how and how government and the pharmaceutical companies were very slow to actually address the crisis. Mm. Um, that was made into an HBO movie. Um, book and movie I have not seen. Uh, sorry, and that, that's the band... And the band on. played on. And the band played on, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that... Uh, what, I'm, what I hear is like part of this um, patient zero theory is incorporated into that story. Mm. Or, or maybe it got blown up at some point um, mm-hmm. from, uh, from the information that uh, the author had in his book but i guess this movie is a reaction to the idea that that this one person should be blamed for aids right right and uh and and i note that it's uh, the funding agencies include telefilm canada and the ontario ontario film development group yeah no. cineplex was listed on there too yes they were yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean like the public institutions that uh that back it um uh, certainly, they you know they're it's not unusual for them to back uh, artists in their area, but uh, I wonder if part of it was just that it was a PR thing that they that it was a uh, it was a way of trying to set the record straight that like this uh, this Canadian flight attendant isn't the uh, isn't right, the right, right. the scapegoat for AIDS, right? Yeah, no, it's interesting. I guess I guess maybe the the opening title card. Um, maybe I didn't get the full context of it to understand that it was a myth because up until the point where they kind of go into that whole back and forth about how, um, you know, there's, there were likely several people that would have transmitted the disease and, um, like you, you can't even really blame a person anyway, because, because it wasn't, it wasn't a known thing that it was this sexually transmitted um, contagious thing and you know maybe we should actually be celebrating this individual because he was instrumental in the research that led to it being understood yeah. to be a sexually transmitted disease that, like, that I, he didn't, willingly I, didn't really participated. I didn't really understand until that point in the movie that that the patient zero thing was a myth and and so oh, I, okay. I i thought that i thought that it was a genuine thing yeah i i thought it was a legit theory as well for a long time yeah um and i i think um um, not that this movie um, uh, countered that uh, theory for me, but I, I think uh, somewhere along the line, I, I heard different things that um, mm-hmm. that kind of um, um, made that theory a bit suspicious. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but I, I I think it is, uh, or I'm not sure if it still is, but I I do remember a time when it was. Uh, if you if you talk about patient zero, um, that there was like this understanding of what that theory was, right? mm-hmm. and uh, and from what I understand. Um, the research that was going on by uh, the Center for Disease Control, um, mm. where they were surveying a lot of people who were HIV positive, um, the that this uh, that 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 flight attendant was um, was branded as patient zero was like this misunderstanding in the reporting because um, it was just like his the way he, they coded his information was that he was patient O and the O stood oh. for something. Okay. But then it just it got read as like oh he's the zero patient right right yeah. right and so it got it got conflated that way and I, and I guess I guess with other 
diseases where the symptoms manifest themselves much more quickly and like have a shorter gestation period, I would think that it might be easier to actually trace it back to some sort of patient zero. Like I'm thinking about SARS or something like that, like, or, or swine flu. Like it feels like in those instances, they were able to figure out like who the first person was or. Yeah. When it's like a it very seems more definitive controlled, um, sample or like, it, it's in a contained yeah, area. Right? And it's only yeah. affecting a few hundred people or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that would be true. Like in the, um, the reboot of the planet of the apes, there's, um, you can trace it to a zero. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was fucking hilarious in that movie. <laughs> How the guy's like the the guy um, just like he's just like the to- like the asshole neighbor yeah. starts coughing on everyone. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was intended to be funny in oh, the wait, movie. No, though. it wasn't Malfoy. Was it? it was the other guy? No, uh, it was just it was some random like older asshole yeah. neighbor guy. Right. Yeah. 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 But I don't I don't know if that was intended to be comical. In uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, was it Rise or that one was Dawn? Was Rise? I think that was Rise. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, and and in in the case of uh, AIDS and HIV, uh, I mean the study was done in the eighties, but there's uh, there's recorded instances of HIV going back to like late sixties, I think. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, don't quote me on that. Yeah, but yeah. in which case there's there's just no way that this guy was patient zero. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. So in the so in in zero patients, um, the the characters we have are um, zero, played by Noman Photo. Um, so he represents uh, Gaetan, but his name is Zero. Yeah. And he's dead, but he comes back as a ghost. Um, right. Maybe to clear his name. Maybe to help with the research. Um, the researcher is Sir Richard Burton played by John Robinson, and he's, uh, th- his namesake is this um, like 19th century British explorer. Right. Do you know any history about uh, Richard Burton? Well, and, and, and I don't know that it's necessarily a namesake. Like, he's, he's intended to be this individual. Really Richard Burton. That's, that's yeah. stuck out of time. Okay. Um, did, I, did, I did do some, some very sort of surface-level research, basically just reading his, his Wikipedia page. But yeah. um, I guess he was famous for... Having been involved in the in the translation of the Kama Sutra and like and documented the sexual trans- traditions of various cultures around the world, right? And the um, One Thousand One Nights or Arabian Nights, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so his he was an explorer and other things, but he had an interest in like studying sex, yeah. So, and uh, and I guess at the time the publishing of these books was was considered illegal and so they had to do it in uh, underground in yeah, an underground so, fashion so interesting choice for the researcher in this in this movie so uh, sir richard burton is preparing an exhibit about patient zero yeah and uh somehow he uh gets in zero contacts him to like help him with research um other people in this other characters in the movie are um george who is, who used to be a lover of zero and he's uh, he's infected with HIV, and he's a school teacher. Yeah. And um, there's also Mary, who seems to be a friend of Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the leader of some kind of protest group. Yeah. yeah. I the, the name rung a bell, but I can't remember of the protest I, group. I, th- I think it was I think it was a legit organization that she was part oh, of. Really? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, so I, I noticed when I was looking at IMDb, like a lot of these actors uh, are 
somewhat inactive um, since right. since the nineties. So, um, and Diane Hetherington, she died in ninety six from cancer, unfortunately. Oh wow! Yeah, um, she really stood out for me because because um, because she has a number. She does a lot of singing in the movie, and I thought she was really strong as a mm-hmm. performer, as a sing as a singer. And it turns out that she has a background in in music, which is mm. not surprising. But uh, in Winnipeg, she was um, at one point proclaimed the first lady of Winnipeg rock and roll, and she was nominated for Juno in 1981. Uh, but because her, um, her career didn't really take off, um, she gave up singing as a professional in 1987. Mm. So, uh, but uh, so it's good that uh, John Grayson thought to use her for this movie i think yeah. i think she's like got a great voice i i don't think i've really talked about the plot or haven't talked about the plot there's the research by sir richard burton yeah he's he's essentially trying to dig up more information about patient zero in he order kind of, to he kind of has it set though he has it in his mind he knows what the story that he's he's do, doing right yeah yeah that just that that he was this kind of sexual deviant that willfully spread this disease around just because he was careless and and reckless um and i guess throughout the movie that thesis is is challenged by several individuals primarily zero because they they sort of become friends and then lovers and mm-hmm. so he he uh, burton kind of changes his tune about um about zero and his understanding of of how uh, aids spread mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a movie that really has a pointed perspective, um, a political bent to it, right? It, yeah. it wants to uh, it wants to be a movie that presents this other side than uh, than the mainstream theory. But n- I guess not not in the sense of how you described at the outset that it could have been sort of a PR opportunity for the Canadian government to set the record straight. Like it, it feels like it, it it's it's a much more personal message coming from. Um, John Grayson and mm-hmm. whoever his collaborators were in, in mm-hmm. terms of the writing and, and scripting of everything. Um, it, it feels much more like a kind of a, a grassroots message than a, a, a manicured corporate message. Mm, yeah. I find that when a movie has like a very personal angle to it, uh, I, I just, I find it more appealing. I find it more yeah. uh, interesting. Right. Yeah. So, um, so even though I don't know John Grayson or like, you know who he collaborates with, I you know it, it felt like this was uh, uh, like a genuine message from him, and yeah. Uh, so I I I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I liked the movie. How did you feel about the movie? Um, I I liked it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess I guess it in a way it felt like a series of music videos strung together, um, and in a way that that was somewhat tiresome um but at the same time i think i think the music is really strong um and i think it's i think it's a a strong message to to send out into the world and it's just it's just a fun um unique way to to deliver a message like that the the other thing that i that it made me think of is is it did it did kind of feel like kind of a filmed version of of what you know, like a, like a high school play about this kind of thing might, might look like aside from the, 
the graphic nudity <laughs> and those aspects of it. Um, but, but like it, it, it felt in a way kind of like when you go to your, you go to a, a high school assembly and, and they bring in some group to talk about, you know, anti-drug use or whatever. It, it wasn't, it wasn't quite so juvenile, but, but just in, in the sense of, um, yeah, just, just to, it, like, like, I guess, I guess the, the kind of cheaper production value, just gave it this this feel of it of it being you know kind of like a floating wall just sort of manufactured set on a on a stage mm. did you do you think it looked too amateurish or were you kind of charmed by that that sort of aesthetic no i, I enjoyed it yeah i think when you look at like queer cinema I haven't done a lot of it since uh, university. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, when you when you look at cinema that is identified as coming from a, a group that doesn't normally get a chance to to, to have that voice, yeah. I, I think that um, one it can it can look cheaper, mm-hmm. and and then I think it makes up for it too by looking different, like mm-hmm. by, by embracing how it's a little bit cheaper, how it's uh, can't as slick as like a mainstream production so yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean I know what you mean by that um, I think it was shot on video it? yeah it seemed seemed like that could be the case yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I thought I read somewhere that um, that Grayson normally makes his his short films on video and he okay. might have done the same thing for this but yeah, yeah I don't know for sure but it's certainly and, and also the, the DVD that, that we saw um, it um, the transfer didn't look great so right. um, can't say for sure if that was the reason uh, the music by Glenn Schellenberg. I th- yeah, I thought it was quite good. I, I, I have a love hate relationship with musicals. Mm. Um, so uh, I was I I thought the, the move the songs in this movie though were were quite enjoyable. Yeah, I've actually been on a bit of a musical bent as of late. You might say just watching some of the and I I don't know just a handful. But like I hadn't seen Mary Poppins before. I hadn't seen my my fair lady before. Okay. Um, Sound of Music. Those are and, classics of the '60s, right? Those are '60s. Yeah. yeah, those are like definitely well respected Hollywood musicals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would say that generally I I've the the musicals that I have liked a lot in the past have more been of the sort of not necessarily rock opera variety, but just musicals that are kind of self-aware as opposed to the song and dance being sort of an artificial level on top of reality. So something like all that, all that jazz, it's like a musical within the world of, of a filmmaker and, and, a and, a and a dance choreographer. So like it, it makes sense that there's these long extended musical sequences mm-hmm. or like once is, is one of my favorite musicals because it, the music is develops naturally out of the people's, the, 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 the musicians mm-hmm. writing an album essentially. Yeah. It makes um, sense that the characters pause to do, to do, to do a song because that's yeah. what their characters are doing. Yeah. But, but seeing those, those three in particular recently, um, like I would say that the sound of music and, and my, and, uh, Mary Poppins, like pretty, um, like pretty immediately jumped to mind as like some of my favorite movies now. Wow. And, um, I, that, that feeling might, might pass, but, and, and there's a lot of specifics to those plot lines that, that I just have a personal connection to, but, um, 
I think I, I guess I'm warming up to those more sort of artificial song and dancing musicals. Okay. Right. Well, this one, do you find your patience is more of like those fantastical songy dancey ones? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause they don't, there's no reason for the characters to be breaking out into song except that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, or like the, the scene where they break into the, the natural history, the natural history museum and, and like the, the security guards become a part of the whole experience. Like th- that wouldn't transpire in the real world by right. any means. Yeah. And uh, and I guess that they sort of turn into turn into hot cops, a la <laughs> Arrested Development. <laughs> and yeah, have tearaway pants. <laughs> the the music though it also um, like it, it tries to be uh, it tries to cover like different genres too. Yeah, uh, which I appreciated. Like there was there's certainly like like uh, kind of rock and roll style music, and then there's. Um, like the, the, I think one of the first ones that, uh, Burton sings, it, it's, it, where he's, he's like explaining to the, um, to the museum head, like what he's going to do. Um, right. which is like, let, let's all be empiricists. Right. But that one seems like it's, it's like from a Gilbert and Sullivan type of right. production. My friends include witch doctors, scientists, and brooks. My translations of six classics are thought the very best. Both my sutra and my knights pass the titillation test. I've detailed the mating habits of a dozen different tribes. And shocked old stuffy England with my studies of pup size. Victorians were Cartesian. They revered the intellectual. They wished to know the world, but recorded from that sexual. What's the point of all the facts when you censor out the crew? My scientific searchings were dismissed as low and new. Let's all be empiricists, victors of the brain. Through our wit and brilliance, we can know the world again. We'll classify and label and find So yeah, there's a variety of music as well. Yeah. 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 Did you like the um, the 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 butthole musical number? I did. <laughs> I, I I am on the record as having said that Naked Lunch is one of my favorite movies. So I do like talking buttholes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If if Cronenberg uh, were to make a musical, they, you know, this is the kind of scene he would stage. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, the butthole song. I, I wanted to segue into uh, this uh, the thing about the romance in the movie. So um, so Zero and Burton develop a romance and they have mm-hmm. sex. Now in in a mainstream movie, usually your um, your protagonists and love interests they're um, they're um, heterosexual, right? Yeah, and I think we get a bit complacent with the that is I think the expectation that attractive looking men and women had the, the leads of a movie will get together is kind of just taken for granted. Right. That's just like the way we expect movies to develop. Right. right. Yeah. And, and unless it's like really glaringly 
obvious that they don't have chemistry. You don't really pay. I, I don't find I pay much mind to that. Yeah. But uh, in this one, when Zero and Burton get together, I was I was kind of wondering like, why are they getting together? Because I didn't feel that they were developing a romantic interest in one. Another. Right. So. Um, so it, it it seems like having a, a a queer bent on that um, expectation of a movie, it kind of really um, kind of upset it for me, right? And like just just in the sense that there doesn't there doesn't need to be a motivation for for why two people are having sex. And for this movie, it doesn't seem to be yeah. right. Except that they 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 spent a little bit of time together, and then it, it seems like the butthole song is their courtship that they're having a conversation during the butthole song, and they agree. Well, we might as well have sex, right? Right. But at at the same time, I do feel like like the fact that they do have sex that, that that it serves a narrative purpose in a way because it sort of becomes this turning point of Sir Richard Francis Burton coming around to the idea that that Zero wasn't this reckless individual and that the and that the patient zero theory doesn't really hold any water to begin with. Like, it, but, but why should he come around only because Zero is his lover? I don't. I don't think it's because of that. I think. I think it's just. I think it's just sort of. It's just. It's just an inflection point in the movie, essentially. Okay. And 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 I mean, I think. I think in a way, you could. You could trace that back to like the reason that he wanted to demonize. Zero in the first place could be tied in some way to to some sexual repression that he was feeling, and that and that once he embraced that part of himself, he didn't. He didn't have to feel like he had to kind of deliver this message that that everyone else had had sort of come to the conclusion of and and play into that stereotype of of homosexuals just being sexual deviants and you know not yeah. caring not caring about their fellow man right, right. fellow heterosexual man <laughs> okay um, back to the topic of of the musical genre. I'm not good at at like listening to and retaining song lyrics. Oh, okay. It can take me years to listen to a song dozens of times and and finally hear like what it's about. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. and so and so from that perspective, like musicals are not necessarily the best type of movie for me to get all the nuances of of you know what's going on in the story and especially when there are literary references to things that i'm not familiar with like like it 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 can get a bit confusing so from that perspective like i i'm i'm more so just watching it for the enjoyment of of the the music itself and then like the, the 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 deeper layers or nuances of of the lyrics might might come on subsequent viewings kind of thing, but yeah, no, that, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, um, I think that's how most people, most of us watch movies. Uh, like even, even like, um, like an Aaron Sorkin movie, which is very dialogue heavy and, and, and kind of the appeal is the way he writes dialogue. It's yeah. hard to retain like what he, they're saying, right? You kind of just have to catch, you have to catch the, the main parts of it to understand yeah. what a scene is. Right. Um, I thought the way that the form the songs were performed, though, I could hear the lyrics a lot better than in, say, um, the, like, who, the remake of Les Misérables. Oh well, I I didn't watch the full thing of that, but that's a good example. It was all, it was all live sound, and yeah. a lot of it sounded pretty muddy and terrible. Oh, okay, well, even something more polished like 
like Sweeney Todd or some okay. any. I mean, take just pick one. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think on first viewing, I, it's hard for me to really catch all of the uh, all the all the words of a song. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I just felt I could hear the song in this movie more yeah. than I could in other musicals. So. So speaking of like another recent musical, Star is Born. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. You haven't seen it, okay? But but that was one where like I I didn't even I didn't even really pay any mind to like the the substance of the songs because it just felt like you know these this rock band that they're playing their own songs and Lady Gaga is playing her own songs, and so it wasn't it wasn't a musical in the sense of like delivering the story through the songs in that way. Um, and so that, the, it, that was one where it was easier just to, just to enjoy it as if you're watching a concert of a band you don't know or whatever. Um, but maybe, maybe there is more nuance to the, to the songwriting that I'm, that I, again, just wasn't aware of. I don't know, but. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, he's popped a boner. When you pop a boner in the shower, hoist it like a flag for all to see. Give us a good Pikachu to mess Be nonchalant, act naturally When you cruise the hallways of a bathhouse Adopt the swap behavior of a vet Every sex club has a code of manners Observe these rules of bathhouse etiquette So another recurring theme in the movie is uh, the Arabian Nights right. story. Um, uh, how did you feel about the incorporation? The incorporation. Of I did. That I did. I actually. I actually wasn't. I'm. I'm not familiar with the Arabian Nights. So, like, I only know it kind of on a surface level. But yeah. I mean, um, the Shahrazad is like the protagonist in that right. story, and so she's sentenced to death by the ruler of the kingdom. And but they they make a bargain where if she she tells a story every night, she'll be yeah. spared. Her life is spared. So she has to just like keep making up stories. I think that's. That's kind of like the um, uh, like the wrapping of 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 that uh, story. So that it, it, so it's, it's a reason for like these many volumes of of short stories, right? Right. Yeah. Well, um, the opening number in uh, Patient Zero is is a song about Scheherazade. Right? Yeah. So um, this idea that Scheherazade has to tell stories to stay alive, um, I think that could be related to how. Um, like the queer community might might say, there's not enough stories about their community. Like their voices aren't active enough in in like uh, popular culture mm-hmm. to um, to make them feel like they're recognized that that the that people who have died are not remembered. Right. So right. I think so. There's that that's that idea of of keeping people's memory alive, keeping people alive. Right. Yeah. And I think that seems to be the thing that invokes Zero's resurrection. Would you agree? Uh, sure. Okay. Point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess he sort of he 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 starts to appear as a result of people talking about him. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 So, it's just just an observation about uh, like how these all these uh, themes come together in the movie. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's not um, it's not so straightforward that you could uh, connect all these things without. Uh, Without doing some gymnastics and and saying like I, I think this means well, I, this, I, I, I think that's a that's a completely valid reading and a, and and it seems to be built into the 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 structure of the of the script. So I, yeah. I, I think it I think it's valid. 
Well, I think what I think what John Grayson's doing is, is in this movie is pretty interesting. Yeah, so I just wanted to comment that that's my reading of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any favorite songs from the movie? Uh, like I said, I like it, it. I don't know. It's it's not something that I really hold on to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My favorite song from Once is When Your Mind's Made Up. Okay. <laughs> or actually, no. Uh, yeah, probably say it to me now. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie a lot. It's so good. Man. Yeah, I couldn't watch it a second time. Really? Yeah, Why I. Not? I don't know. Just something changed. It. I just. I think. I think Glenn Hansard. I think I just kind of got tired of his singing. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I love his singing so, so much. Anyway, I gave away my DVD because really? I was like I just thought, yeah, I think I'm, I don't need to watch it again. That's yeah. too bad. I've seen it a few times. I, I, I sort of. I didn't like it as much the the second or third time, or maybe the third time I watched it, and then mm. the most recent time I watched it again, I, I came around to it. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What I thought, I I thought this was like maybe my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, so it would have been in my top three that year. Yeah. So, and that's you know that doesn't change. I think it was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, it's just sometimes you don't need to go back to a movie. Yeah. So. Maybe I just heard too much Glenn Hansard in the interim, and then I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say that. That his solo stuff since then has has not reached the same heights as that soundtrack. Um, any any other comments? Any thoughts on uh, Patient Zero? I don't think so. Okay, then I guess uh, not much more needs to be said. Uh, we need to compare it to another movie. Sure. I had two suggestions. I actually had three. For some reason, when you when you when you said Patient O. Um, instead of Patient Zero, um, it made me think of a Z and Two Knots and just oh. Peter Greenaway in general. Okay, <laughs> I, I guess just the, just the sort of uh, what, what's the what's the period piece one of uh, the Draftsman's Contract? Yeah. Okay. That that kind of has a musical quality to it. I feel even though it's not a musical. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Just it, like uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at there, and I feel like I saw that in a bit of a daze and don't really remember it that well, but just the anachronistic nature of it, I guess just is, is making a connection in my mind right now, but more, I think more appropriate would be Hedwig and the angry inch and, um, Todd Haynes poison. Oh, okay. Have you seen either of those? I haven't seen either of those. No. Okay. Mm. What about, uh, like these classic musicals like my fair lady or, uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah, well, I, well, I was thinking something more, more gay than that. Okay, and both of those would be. But I guess you haven't seen them. Um, uh, I saw I saw Velvet Goldmine. Mm, that is another Todd Haynes musical. That yeah, yeah, and I guess it, it yeah it has some gay stuff in it. Yeah. Oh, but Superstar. No, that's not so gay, but <laughs> the Karen Carpenter. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, or what? What about what about like an AIDS movie? Yeah, like, like which one? Dallas Buyers Club. Well, uh, I haven't seen that. Well, Philadelphia okay. came out. Didn't that come out the same year as this? Could have been. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. Ninety three sounds right. Yeah. 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 Nineteen ninety three. Really? There okay. So same year. Yeah. Similar. I mean, topic is um, in the same ballpark. Yeah. Is that? Do you think that's the one we should compare it against? Sure, Philadelphia. Yeah, which was directed by one of the Demi's, Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Are there multiple Demi's? There's, he has a brother. Really? Um, Brian Denny. Bob. <laughs> Tom Denny. 
Um, or what about or what about stop making sense? I feel I, the the other thing is I felt like it had the music kind of had a bit of a Talking Heads vibe. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. But that's and, that's a concert movie, though, right? Yeah, um, I'm located. Okay also, Jonathan Demi. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Ted Demi, that's the name. Ted Demi. Okay, he's a filmmaker. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember what movies. Um, actually, if well, you know, because of the quality of the music, I'm okay with um, stop making sense if you want to do it against that. Yeah. How about how about how about we compare it against both Stop Making Sense and Philadelphia for the for the AIDS component and the musical component? Wow. And then we've got all our bases covered. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's do one at a time. So let's start first. We'll uh, we'll zero our uh, comparative meter. Against um, Philadelphia, what was it called? Philadelphia. Okay, so, so I, I suddenly wanted to say the Philadelphia story, and that's that's, no. not, that's not right. No, <laughs> just Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, okay, I'm going to say zero patience is Philadelphia minus four. Wow. Okay, I really like Philadelphia. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a movie I think I'd go back to though. Yeah. So I would put um, zero patience Philadelphia plus two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you would go back to zero patients. I think I would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I might want to buy the soundtrack. Den- Denzel is just so good, though, man. No, it's a very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good movie. And okay, so now let's zero it again for uh, stop making sense. It's stopping sense minus like a million. Because that's that's off the chart. No, I know, but it's it's such a good movie, though. Yeah, but stop making sense is, is like one of the best movies ever. Okay. No, I'll, I'll say I'll say minus six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, again, I'm gonna go uh, stop making sense uh, plus two. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I I just I really like both of those Jonathan Demi movies. So. Oh, but we picked like, two Jonathan Demi movies. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to suggest stop making sense. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that like that doesn't suggest that I don't like. Um, zero patience. It's just that I really like those other two movies. We'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, I respect those movies. I like Zero Patience a lot. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that's good chat. Thanks, Alexander. Um, and, and I'm also going to say um, Silence of the Lambs minus six as well. Okay, but now we're, we're comparing <laughs> watermelons and uh, grapefruit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that. Uh, um, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to say, um, against Rachel getting married, um, this is a plus 10. Over that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to line up some more movies cause we, uh, we're, um, we should, we should line up some more movies. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do that. Um, if, if uh, listeners have any suggestions, if any ghosts come back to life <laughs> and start <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and want to have sex with us <laughs> or recommend movies, uh, please do through our um, Facebook group and other things. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for the chat. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And please do so again. Goodbye.